Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to shout out my podcast sponsors, Mediums Collective. Mediums Collective is a Seattle-based streetwear brand, and they're huge into community building. They've actually been throwing events with local artists lately, and they've even been on the NAS podcast. And uh, if you go on their website, you can find premium quality hood shirts, hoodies, joggers. I'm actually currently wearing one of their shirts right now, their hustle shirt. You can find this and more on their website, you know, mediumscollective.com, or you can reach out to them on all social medias, Mediums Collective. And right now, they're running a promo offer with the NAS podcast. It's 20% off all clothing. If you go on their website, the promo code is NAS podcast. Now let's get into the show. guest is a, is a music teacher. He's an artist and he's also a producer. He has produced for uh, quite a few previous podcast guests on the podcast. True. And uh, actually I, I learned about you through Anna Thompson. Really? Yeah. Shout out Anna. Isn't it weird like the new so, age people are finding you? I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's crazy. Old man Jake. Old man Jake. <laughs> why why do you just say Jake Crocker? Why isn't it something like something crazy? I don't know, man. I, I, I for for a long time like um that was a conversation. Like, okay, if you want to be your own artist, like what's your name gonna be? Like what's your thing gonna be? And I always was like, I just wanna be me. I just wanna be my name. Yeah. Just myself. A lot of that is like accountability too. Like mm. I always wanted to make um I strive to make music that that uh, means something to me, right. and and it uh, it's de- it definitely holds you accountable having your own government name on your artist project because yeah you know you just gotta hold yourself accountable. So I mean that's a big reason, but I just always felt like me, so I never really felt like I needed to be an acronym or some some different. I don't know. What about like signatures? Is he just like signing a pa- like? Yeah, is it just signing your it, own? Yeah, image? I mean I'm not worried about anybody like taking my signature and putting it on checks or anything. So, yeah, it's just my normal one. Okay. You can take that, yeah, take that and put it on a check, and you can fraud me all day long, man. Yeah, very <laughs> nice. I, I recently learned that you could put different signatures on different things. Maybe that's what this podcast should be about. Signatures? No, forgery. Forgery. That's a good one. Have you ever forged anything? Yeah, all the time. Really? No, not really. I mean, my mom's signature and shit. I got pretty good at that. I got pretty good at my dad's signature. Oh, nice. It's so good that at some point he w- he was like, yo, can you sign this thing for me? I'm like, bet, no problem. Damn. So, you know. I should have been smarter than that. When I was like in elementary school, I want to pull these up 
just what? What are you talking? Those <laughs> are those prescription? Yeah, they actually are. But oh, wow. now you're blind. You <laughs> I actually do need glasses. The only glasses you have are that. <laughs> the doctor said it works. I got them from Costco. You know, <laughs> it's got foil in the hood, so aliens can't get shit. Yeah. yeah, I like it, man. So when I was like in elementary school, I um, I used to get. You probably don't know what an FYI. Do you know what an FYI is? Like for your information? Yeah, there's like it's I like do. a. <laughs> <I do. laughs> so when I was in elementary school, the FYIs were like, if you did something fucked up, and I don't guess not fucked. I don't know what fucked up is for an elementary school kid, but like if you did something wrong yeah. in school, they'd write you an FYI and send them to your teacher. I thought you were parents. just asking me like, do you know what FYI means? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do. I'm hip. I'm yeah. cool. No, we had we had uh, what did we have? Referrals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So ref- it's similar. Yeah, it's similar to a referral. Got shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So like instead of trying to like for like forge like a parent signature, mm-hmm. I used to throw them away like in the like, in the classroom garbage can. And then, like the teachers would find it, so instead of just trying to forge it, I just they, got, they caught you trying to forge it. They or? caught me throwing it away without giving like it, your practice. No, just the, they would give the you a f- f- FYI to give to your parents, <laughs> oh. and I would just I would just throw it in the trash. <laughs> They're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> What? Oh my god, that, dude, that's yeah, hey, mischief. And, that, and that's how you get two FYIs. Oh uh, yeah, and you got to bring both home to mom. It's yeah. Like, Dude. I used to talk a lot in school. That's why I do yeah. the podcast. You Makes know? sense. Was, you should send this to your teacher that was like, you talk way too much. You'd be like, yeah, well, I fucking ended up being a podcast host, so. Yeah, fuck it, fuck you it. know? <laughs> yeah, do you ever, you're a teacher now. What's that I, Well, like? I used to be a teacher, you, actually. Not it's, anymore? Yeah, not anymore, no. I, I, I started a, um, I always wanted to, so I went to O'Day High School. We okay. didn't have shit for a music program uh-huh. like like we didn't have much we had like a choir that was just getting started and whatnot and not many schools you know not uh, we, not many schools did mm-hmm. um but uh but at that time i was like getting so heavily into music and uh in the back of my head i was like i want i really would because i love oday i love my school that you know my high school gave me a fucking great experience but yeah i was like i always i, I wish that was there i wish there was more of a music um uh some type of program anything technologically like forward thinking mm-hmm. so i wanted to make that someday when i got to a point where i could actually facilitate that whole situation and uh it all started actually with um my first teaching gig which was at my old middle school st joe's I went, I went there and then uh they approached me and were like hey we see what you're doing like it's really cool and we have this thing called exploratory which i actually i went to st joe's so i was in exploratory i was in like band yeah. And I was in choir. We had like, you know, my, my mom's the art teacher there. So mm-hmm. like we had art and different shit like that, but you know, nothing music production oriented. So they approached me uh, with that whole idea. So I wrote a whole curriculum for that and, and brought that into the school of like how to teach a kid how to produce a song in, in 10 weeks, basically, yeah. you know, and just all the basics of that. So I started, uh, started a program teaching kids Ableton there. And then that, uh, that transition to me, um, being uh, brought into this foundation called Foundry 10 who um, who like funds educational programs for schools and whatnot and uh, so I started teaching at Nova High School as well um, alternative school up right next to Garfield um, awesome experience there built out the program a bit more and then yeah. uh, eventually I, I expressed interest to, to Foundry 10 I was like hey I really want to expand into my old high school and uh, start a program there and I started that and 
and uh, those uh, programs are rolling, and you know, those uh, St. Joe's is, is rolling still, and and our day is rolling still, and I had to just you know put a I had to put that stuff aside as I was getting busier and busier with music stuff. But, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Was that within the past year or so? Or? It was. I mean, well, it was kind of like obviously COVID kind of changed right. everything school-wise. And uh, <clears throat> throughout 2020, I mean, I, I taught all online. And then 2021, I was I the whole Dempsey thing happened and then Sony uh. happened and then my plate got more and more full and... and, uh, and yeah, I wanted those programs to stay alive, but I couldn't necessarily be there every single day. So, right. you know, found adequate people to run those programs and just uh, continue pushing, you know. So so people who don't know, Dempsey Hope is a Seattle artist that, would you say you're like his main producer? Yeah, well, I mean, Demp, Demps, I found, uh, found, well, we kind of found each other. He found me, I found him in a weird way. Um, yeah. Actually, your previous guest, Vinny, was, is probably Vinny. the the reason that, uh, that, uh, Dempsey and I are really working today because uh, Dempsey reached out to me at, at a real young age, and he's seventeen. And um, at that time, you know, I was established enough in this industry that, you know, people knew who I was or whatever. And I had right. made music and, and with a lot of people in the city. And uh, yeah, so he reached out and was like, "Hey, I just I want to make music. I don't have I don't have anything, like, you know what that means? It's yeah. Like I don't have I don't have fucking anything. I I don't know what my brand is i don't i just i'm a kid with a great voice and i want to make music type of thing and uh i was like okay like let's see what that is and Vinny was on it i asked Vinny because they were friends and they knew each other and i was like who's this dempsey kid like what's up and uh he was like i think he's worth your time you should you should definitely kick it so we started kicking it we started just uh making little ideas here and there i would like call him i'd nice. have like an hour or two in between sessions i'd be like how bad does he want it be like, yeah i got a, I got an hour and a half free you want to come through and he's like Psh, show up and his beater ass little green Civic that he had, <laughs> a little Honda thing, and uh, yeah, so he'd roll up, and and I uh, I started doing what I do, which is which is artist development, and that's what I love doing is taking an artist from a point of where they don't necessarily know what their sound is, they don't know what 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 they really want to say, and it's my job to extract that and try and make them the artist they've always wanted to be. You know, what I mean, that's 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 what brings me joy so and it probably took you years of finding yourself first before oh you yeah i mean st i mean i started such a, at such a young age i had to find myself in a way but i also found myself through producing for mm. all these different artists and stuff because i by landing in the hip-hop industry at a young age i learned that side of the industry and then that landed me in rooms with executives in new york by the time i was 17 and like Damn. you know shaking hands of of these names that like I of, of books I've read of like y you know or or, or Jay Z lyrics and I'm shaking this guy's hand and I'm like what it doesn't make sense you know so I uh, at, at a young age I learned that side of the industry and and learned a lot a lot through that learned a lot about myself in that side but then I also you know didn't want to necessarily get stuck in just one genre lane because I've always had interest in all these different genres and sounds and whatnot so that's when I started kind of exploring the the pop thing a little bit and, and yeah. all your successes come from just working with, like Seattle artists no definitely not just working with Seattle artists I think I've, I've definitely learned the most about myself as an artist working with people here um, and learning how like this environment makes your music just a little bit different than everybody else in New York or LA or wherever you are um, and uh, Seattle's always beat to a little bit of a different drum and and I just want to be a part of that as a kid and and uh, so once I got the chance to kind of like hop into the industry, it just 
I don't know, it made sense to work with Seattle artists. Mm. It made sense to explore what's in my backyard instead of just, uh, you know, what's on the top 40 or what's who's in L.A. and who I need to listen to and who I need to emulate. Like, let me look at the people that, that uh, you know, I listened to growing up and see how that opens my mind. And now I'm just at this point where I'm I'm doing this for a living. I do this full time. And it's like I, I want to start opening those doors for other people when that when that time really comes and stuff. So. It's a, yeah, it's a weird time. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I'm young, but I've been in this for a very long time. So it's like, uh, um, it's interesting watching, watching like the local thing versus like being in the major side of the industry and talks with labels and, and all this different shit. But it's, it's still, it's like, I don't know, man, this is my home and, and I'm always going to like prioritize like hear I want to hear what people here have to say. Right. Yeah. So what what is this drum? This what is this different drum beat that Seattle has going on? I mean, it's at least I think it's evident. Like listen to Seattle listen to old Seattle music or listen to new Seattle music even in in different ways. Like people have a different way of saying things. People have a different like the beat selection, the mm. the ideas, the samples that people end up finding, you know, it's all different. It's not necessarily um it's not the same industry that you have down in down in LA, and I've spent a good amount of time down there now, so I, I can see the difference there, and and I and I I know what people say when you know I say I'm from somewhere else but LA. I'm like, you know, I hop on a Zoom session or something with an artist, and they're in LA. They're like, oh, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm in Seattle actually, and they're like, oh, no way! Like, my cousin lives up there. I'm like, Man, I've always wanted to go up there. It's so beautiful, but whatever. But it's like it brings this different element. Uh, to the table from by being from somewhere else, you know. Yeah, um, and I just make different music when it's raining than when it's eighty degrees outside. So. Yeah, is it more? I feel like your music's a little bit more up. You're in pop, so it's kind of like a beat, right? When you say, <sighs> "Oh man," I mean, I don't know. The music I started making early on was very dark. Yeah, you know, really dark on the hip hop shit that I got into and the people I was working with. It was like there's a lot of darker shit, a lot of darker topics, like really dark shit, you know, and uh, and. So I, uh, I don't know. I would. I definitely wouldn't say like things are are this or things are that. Like, I'm just all over the fucking map, man. I'm just making whatever I feel like making in the moment. And right. If that's a happy song, it's a happy song. If that's some depressing ass shit, then that's some depressing ass shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you first started in your career, I feel like you credited credited a lot of your success to working with like Raz Simone. Mm-hmm. Over the past few years, with everything that's going on with him. What are, I would like to hear, like your opinions on and feelings towards any of that. Man, uh, you know, man, I, him and I started working together when I was fourteen years old. You know, I was like fourteen, fifteen, and stuff. So, um, I appreciate all the opportunities that I got through that and everything that I learned through that whole situation. You know, I parted ways uh, fairly early there. Uh, once I just, I wanted to go in a different direction, right. and that's you know, that's really all that was for me. And you know, being a young kid, I kind of, I, I was able to just focus on the music and just be a part of that because that's all I wanted to do. And that's the whole reason I stayed out of trouble in high school is because I just did music, you know. So once I was rolling around with people, I, I didn't really pay attention to the fuck else was going on. I, I wanted to do what I wanted to do and that was make good records yeah. and learn through that, you know. And So, yeah, I mean, I we don't talk much. Yeah. yeah, people yeah. grow, right? Yeah, people grow, you know, and that and that's what happens. But end of the day, man, I'm thankful for all those experiences and everything I learned from that because, you know, I learned a whole fucking lot. Yeah. A whole lot. And, and a lot of that translates to what I'm able to help other people with and help these younger artists with and, 
and kind of uh, learn from my own mistakes and learn from others too. So yeah. So when you first started, it was definitely you reaching out to people. When did you mm-hmm. see that switch where people started reaching out to you? Mm, interesting. I mean, honestly. It's tough because, like, there's the switch of, like, Seattle people reach out to you, and then there's the switch of, like, the floodgates yeah, open. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everyone, uh, the internet reach outs, you know, reaches out to you. So I think, like, Seattle started kind of, like, people around Seattle started understanding what I was doing. after. Honestly, after I kind of separated from that Raz stuff, and then I, I was working a lot with Sam and making a whole bunch of different flavors and, on that side of the world, and then I started getting into the pop stuff. and. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, there's so many different artists that I've had the chance to be in the studio with that have all brought in my horizon, uh, uh, with regards to like genre and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, probably, yeah, probably around that Sam, that Sam stage, you know, once when we had a, we had that friends, funk and liquor went. Hmm. like uh, number two on iTunes on the hip hop charts and that was like a huge moment for me just in general of like holy shit you know that yeah. that was that moment I was like man this, sh- this shit like really gets out there outside of my hometown and whatnot but I think after like the whole TikTok thing happened with Dempsey and uh, he popped off there and then ended up signing his deal um, then, then the outside world kind of started saying like oh wow like I really like that sound I found it here and I really want to be a part of it or I want I'd, I'd love to work with you because I've I've listened to this music and I'm from wherever you know and I'm yeah. working with artists from all over the world now so it's uh it's it's crazy to watch what the internet can do you know and the doors that it can open so are you the one do you when you like make a song with an artist who does most of the marketing are you like oh well, I hate touching that. I mean I like <laughs> I it depends on depends on what it is I mean a lot of the time I'm I'm I don't really care to be involved in the marketing or whatnot. I'm I'm there to extract a really good song from an artist, you know. Like if you come to me and you're like, yo, typically you're coming to me to to create something, right? You know, right. we're gonna sit down and talk and eat food and like just fucking learn about each other and 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 uh yeah, and then and then write a great song. You know, I mean, that's what it's all about. Or, or a lot of times, artists will come to me with like a song that they've written. They just don't know what to do with it next, and it's my job to kind of take this this story or this 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 whatever it is, and and accurately create a bedding for that. You know, like what what does that need? So that's why I mean, I love creating. I love creating over acapellas and and shit like that because it's like there's a story there, and you're just kind of narrate. You're helping that story tell yeah. itself in a way. Yeah. Well, you're, you're well versed in like hip hop and pop. Like, what what makes a hit pop song, or what makes a hit for a hip hop song? No fucking clue. Really? No clue. I don't know. I just like <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, like with the this whole the whole like hit thing. I mean, I, one. I don't really think I can speak on that unless I fucking had one. So until I have that hit, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Well, I think, I think a hit is this and this." Like, <laughs> dude, I through through the years and like through especially recently, like seeing how music is changing so much. Like, I don't I don't know if anybody knows what the definition of like a hit or how, not the definition, but like how to create a hit mm-hmm. automatically. There's there's artists that like, yeah, you put their name on it and it's inevitably going to do well. But when we we talk about like sonics of like what people like and stuff, like there's a lot of ways to um mathematically look at like okay this structure 
is going to dictate that people are going to stream it more and it's going to do I just I hate that shit so much. <laughs> I really I just really do. So I try and like I try and wash that out of my head as much as I can. But it's hard when when like that's what people are expecting or hoping for every time. Right. It's like I want to hit, I want to hit, but I think the best uh the best songs come come from just genuinely being in the moment. And I think uh I I might butcher this, but I was in a session with this um this uh, awesome producer writer named Joe Janiak, and he was talking to to Dempsey and I actually about about that topic, and um, he said, oh, "Man, the direct quote, but uh, he has this like very suave British accent." He said, "I was <laughs> just like, dude, this is that was the coolest shit you ever said." But <laughs> basically, he he was saying like the sec- expectation ruins what you're creating, right? When you the second you create an expectation for whatever it is, that ruins that that creative process that you're currently in. You know what I mean? And it's like those conversations can happen after that that creation has been there. But if we're if we're sitting in a session and then all of a sudden we put an expectation on this record to do this certain thing, if it doesn't, it's right. a failure. You know. So I'm trying to really look at like every creation, everything that we make, whether it's like one little eight bar loop or whatever to a full-blown five-minute song ballad or whatever like it's they're all individually necessary for their own reasons but like it's not up to me to decide like what it's gonna do you know there's other people that do that stuff yeah and like that that can crunch the numbers and figure out what ads are gonna hit the best and what areas and all that shit and i just i that stuff doesn't make me tick. What makes me tick is creating that product. You know? I wonder if because you're a producer, you might not have to worry about hit as much. Like either way, you can be as creative as you want because you're getting paid during that session. And an artist yeah. might have to worry more about, I'm working with this producer, but is it going to be a hit so I can get paid? You know? Yeah, in, in a way, I guess. Well, there's definitely like the aspect of like if the artist, who, who's the artist working for? Right. Are they working for themselves or are they working for a label? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, are they working for their management? So a lot of times artists don't know what the fuck they want. And that's that's somewhat troublesome in a way because you have other people. And unless you, you've surrounded yourself with people who really give a shit about you, you know, your your future and your ideas are up to somebody else. So... um being able to kind of hear an artist speak their own ideas is is really helpful in that sense too because like I know I'm creating what they want to create. I'm not just sitting here in a session to like, oh, I, like let's just write a fucking hit. Like no, yeah. each artist that comes to me is like they're all capable of hits in their own ways, but like if I take this template of like everybody else's hits or whatever and then like put it on this artist, it's not guaranteed to fucking fit. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, I try and go into each session and uh, work with all these different artists uh, individually, and that's why I like working with so many artists. Is uh, it it allows me to kind of flex all the different muscles that I want to, and uh, and to be able to to be a part of these different genres, but also not necessarily have to worry about like, okay, is this gonna is this gonna chart? Is this gonna do this? Like, I'm sure I I can almost guarantee you if we had you know, Louis Bell or Benny Blanco sitting right here who have endless amounts of platinum records, they'd probably tell you a very a fairly similar thing. You have know? you seen have you seen Dave? I have. Dude. I haven't I haven't finished the second season. I'm in the, the middle of it. I'm watching season. it with my dad right now. It's fucking I, hilarious. I completely bro. think about Benny Blanco so differently <laughs> after they had that episode. Totally, bro. <laughs> yeah, the, the peanut butter <laughs> 
<laughs> if you haven't seen Dave, watch it, everyone. It's on Hulu. It's, unless you don't like intense comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's fucking good, man. But no, seriously, it's like, you, <laughs> Benny Blanco is like <laughs> an extreme example of it, you know, because like, uh, he he just lives and breathes that you know, but I yeah. but I try to I try to bring that into my own life of like, dude, I just want to create as much as I and I try and I try and block out like, okay, is this gonna is this gonna pay for my my uh, uh, my oil to change my car? Is this gonna yeah. fucking give me enough money to put some whatever like put some gas in my car? I don't know, I don't know. But if I put an expectation on it, like I'm I'm ruining that process, you know. So it's like that's I guess that would be my advice to younger artists coming into it is like try not to create an expectation for it just create whatever you want to create put it out into the world and whatever's going to happen is going to happen as long as there's adequate people pushing pushing it and and yeah. you know, getting it out so other people can hear it you can't dictate what i can't dictate what your ears are going to hear after i create a song yeah it might be the best thing in the world to me but like a lot of times my favorite songs aren't the ones that do the best but it's like a song that i didn't think was going to do well I and mean, you hear that all the time it's yeah. true it's true so what what brings like what attracts these newer artists to you like why do you think they're coming to you versus any other producer in seattle or even mm -hmm. outsourcing to like an la yeah uh i think i uh man it's hard to like answer that without it sounding selfish or something <laughs> like well i'm the best because i'm it's really not that like i a lot of times, like I, I'm, I play it pretty patient with stuff. I don't like pressure artists of like we need to do this, we need to work, we need blah blah blah. Like mm. I want people to find whoever fits them the best. You know, I might not be the right fit for everyone. It's, in fact, I'm probably I'm not. Like I'll sit down and make exactly what I think it should be. But like if it doesn't fit, if me and the artist aren't like vibing, like that's totally fine. And yeah. that happens. And that's something that like early on feels really intense because it's like. When am I gonna find my friends? Like my 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 this person that like is is the person I want to grow with or whatever. You know, it's like a, any relationship. You know, you find a girlfriend, you find a boyfriend, whatever. It's like it's not just guaranteed to work instantly, and it's okay if it fucking doesn't. So yeah. going into these like Zoom sessions and and stuff with with artists from all over, like I I was uh, able to see that and and try and kind of change my mindset from it being like a bad thing of like oh fuck like. I, I wasn't the perfect fit for this artist or this artist wasn't the perfect fit for me. Like something's wrong. Like, no dude, it's fucking speed dating out there when, when but you used to, to probably have more emotions towards it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as it, as it, you kind of have, you learn through, through time and which it's a process and it depends on the day, but like you learn through time to kind of like detach yourself from ideas once they're done. Yeah. You know, like if I'm making an idea, something that I've made, uh, sure I do every time if I'm done with an idea is is decide on how I feel about it because the second I bring it to someone else it brings another opinion into the pot and if I haven't decided what I think about it that opinion most likely will become my opinion right right so if I show you this song and I'm insecure about it and I don't really know how I feel I'm not exactly sure and you come back to me and you go ah, it just wasn't really it it's a hundred percent gonna not be it in my head mm. right or if you tell me, oh my god, that was amazing. I'm like, okay, it was it was amazing. That, that's what it is. Like, but creating that um, that that definition yourself, like before, I think is is uh, is really important. When it it's comes like to confidence. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's 
Confidence is a huge thing, man. It's a huge thing in this industry, but it's like the right amount of it. Yeah. You know? Because, like, I've never been the type of guy where I'm, like, so confident. I'm, like, walking into rooms with my dick swinging. I'm, like, I'm the <laughs> fucking best here, motherfucker. Like, blah, blah, fuck. I'll beat battle. Right? I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm just not. I, I, in fact, like, I've done one beat battle, and I, like, it was really fun, but I did not like it because it was, like, this weird competition in, like, this environment where like we're all making really cool shit and it like literally all sounds different so like yeah. let's just appreciate it for that but but yeah I don't know that's a fucking tangent no it's it's, it's just wild to me like how much time everything does take you know it like, can it can yeah like it, you want I feel like I feel like everyone wants success like right away but you do have to set kind of like milestones and feel happy with those versus yeah. being like, yeah. I'm already Joe Rogan. I'm already Drake. A hundred percent, dude. And that's, I think that's one of the scary things that this like TikTok thing is doing is it's like, you know, even though it happens sporadically, if you and far between, it's like if you're a 15 year old kid and you like write a song that like you think is pretty cool and it's like on a YouTube beat or whatever, you post that shit on TikTok, like you, you could be. I'm putting quotes for a reason, air quotes for anybody just listening, famous overnight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like this false sense of security that these kids are getting if they don't actually create a real fan base, you know? Yeah. And like that stuff happens over time. Like a lot of artists don't don't see the work that goes that, that has already been put in when an artist finally pops off. It's like, oh, so and so is like just starting right now. Like they're just getting big. That's amazing. Like but all the interesting shit to me is like all the shit before. Like how the fuck did they get there? Like what are the what are the stressful situations that like ended up in like right place right time? Like those are the things I give a shit about, you know? And a lot of people just look at that kind of fame point and move on, but if you don't have like those years or or I'm not saying you need years to like before blowing up to like make it work, but it's scary to me to to think about being like my fifteen year old self and popping off then yeah. without having the knowledge I do today. I know? agree with that hundred percent. It, it's 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 weird, but it's you know you you kind of weigh it out and and it works out for some people in in, in both ways in both directions. It's just so. weird because like on TikTok, I get sent like articles on my phone at this point because I have the app, mm -hmm. you know, and it'll just be like articles about oh this person posted a TikTok thing that went viral. And it's just about like exposing their work or some shit like that. But then they think they're like famous now. Yeah, yeah. And and those numbers can be like really confusing when yeah. you have like, oh my God, I have a hundred thousand followers. There's a hundred thousand people listening to me. No. Or like um no. T Pain's become like an influencer at this yeah. point, which is pretty yeah. cool. Really cool. But like he like posted a video like a month or so ago about like how much a stream actually is worth. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, shit. But I'm like, if you're an artist, you already know it's worth jack shit. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, I guess it's it's positive. It's a positive thing to let people know that. I actually had a conversation with my little cousin about that the other day. Mm. I was like uh, just talking about um, like we were just in the kitchen and, and I was talking about streaming services because that's kind of like all he really knows is, is, mm. is streaming services. And we were just talking about like sales. And uh, I think it came up like what was the most sales in the first week and he brought up some recent project it was like the gunna project or something like 130,000 copies or something yeah. in the first week and he's like oh that's dope that's dope and I was like yeah bro but like back when people were buying shit like Adele her uh, uh, was a 21 album or something, yeah, yeah. something like that yeah uh, that shit had like 3 point 
six or three point I don't know, like three point something million first week sales. Or and even I'm looking like, like the Kanye and uh, Fifty Cent battle. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, there's there's so many of these examples to show like how how much this whole like streaming thing has impacted impacted artists. And I was telling him, I'm like, yeah, but that's not just like uh, you know a, a dollar. Like these artists are getting paid, you know. A, a, good chunk of change per album sale like if we're talking about cds or vinyl or or like physical or itunes downloads like i used to buy albums for like yeah yeah. when they came out you know and i asked him i was like would you ever even think about like oh gonna drop an album i'm gonna go buy it and he was like whoa like nah (laughs) like yeah that's the issue man but you go stream the project as as many times as you would if you bought it right and Instead of putting ten bucks in an artist's pocket or whatever, depending on the cuts, obviously it's different. But you know, instead of putting ten bucks in the artist's pocket, you're putting point zero zero four cents per listen. You know, like it's yeah. just fucking weird to me. And it's weird because, like, even if you buy like a digital album, did you know you actually don't own that album? Yeah, because I mean, it's a digital, and that's why I've been I've gone back to fucking buying vinyls. Yeah, just got I've got a vinyl player, and I was just like, oh, this is fun. Like, I like reading. The footnote. I like reading who's playing the horns and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, that's what interests me. But that that is part of the scary thing with this whole kind of world of 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 like watching, consuming constantly, constantly. Is like it, it, it's not many people are sitting down and like digging into an album. Yeah, you know. And that and I guess I mean, the album talk is always something to talk about in today's world. But it's it's kind of scary to me to think that. Uh, People aren't aren't consuming albums like in the way an album should be consumed, you know. Yeah. But I like that they started getting rid of like the shuffle button on albums and Spotify. <laughs> they did. That? Yeah. For Adele dropped her new album, I believe, and she was like, "No shuffle button on my album, motherfucker." And Whoa. Yeah. So. Damn. That was tight. So how do you find these artists like a, like an Anna Thompson? Do they <clears throat> do they come to you or is it like in the middle? And that was an interesting one, Anna. Actually, because I got, um, <laughs> I got that was like, I, I was like really, really, really trying to plant my feet in the pop thing, you know. And I'd already been doing a good amount of pop shit. I had played all the festivals and stuff with uh, with Saint Clair. Like I had built this whole pop project around with him and and whatnot. And so I'd been in the pop thing for a minute. But like, I remember I got followed by like Anna Thompson uh, fan page or something. <laughs> And I was like, what the hell? I was like, oh, who is this chick? Like, she's probably super famous. Like, she's got a great voice, whatever. Then I, like, went to her page and was like, follows you. And I was like, what? Already follows me. That's what's up. So I, like, I I think I actually hit her up and I was like, yo, you're you're really tight. Like, we should link. Um, Sorry, Anna, if I'm, like, wrong or something. She'll fucking wring my neck if I'm wrong. But, no, I'm pretty sure that was that. And then then we linked up and, you know, she she's had a ton of experience in the industry before too. Like at a yeah, yeah. very young age, we related on that too. And yeah, that was just a. It all happens differently, man. It all happens differently. I do remember though, her first session was really funny. I was finishing up a session with Vinny, and I was like, "Yo, I have this this new girl coming over, Anna. Like, just uh, when she gets here, whatever. Like, just we'll, we'll finish up." She got here while he was like in the vocal booth, and like I I didn't tell him. And I thought he, like, got out of the booth and, like, went to the back. Mm-hmm. He stayed in the booth for, like, 45 minutes just sitting there while, like, Anna and I first met and we're talking in the studio. I felt so fucking bad. <laughs> he holds it, yeah, over my head. Dude, I've done day. that before. When I was on my tour, um, I had Nacho, Picasso, and Kineyada on. My dog. 
and these guys like I forgot that I had booked an interview like right after them mm-hmm. and because Nacho came late like I kind of forgot about like the timing on everything Jesse came late are you kidding me <laughs> wow and I was the interview ended up being like two hours and the guys had walked in I didn't, I didn't even like think about it I was like I waved to them too and they're just waiting for like an hour yeah bro but like you know I don't know what are you gonna do yeah fucking the interviews going over how was that interview oh uh, shit I thought it was cool because they have like a cult following so yeah. they're cult following like for both of them know who yeah. they are deeply but they don't really have much press out so. I know man I mean fuck man Jesse's or Nacho's always been like is his name Jesse did I just expose Nacho he doesn't even look like Nacho Picasso well we go way back bro we're like like my dad he used to change his diapers, bro, like babysitting and shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, way back in the day. That's wild. He likes to say that my dad taught his mom how to fight, so <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, But it's it's a weird thing because, like, I treated it similar to, like, a first interview. Mm-hmm. And I personally didn't know about, like, Kiniata mm-hmm. being part of Raider Clan because mm-hmm. there's not much press on that. Yeah. So, like, there's people who, like, really appreciated it, but then there was, like, diehard fans who were, like, this guy obviously wasn't outside in like 2010. I'm like, yeah, I was 10 years old. How am I supposed to do yeah. this shit about that? <laughs> oh my god! But those are cool interviews when there's yeah. actually like when that's that's so cool when people have like a cult following. Yeah, man. Know? No, it's sick. I mean, I yeah, and I hope that like continues. You know, I see artists that are building things like that too, and it's just really cool. Yeah, to watch a whole bunch of like kids resonate with what one person's saying, and you know, as long as they're leading them and generally in the right direction at least <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. yeah so what are you what are your goals for 2022 you know oh man my goals um well Dempsey and I are finishing up a few different projects right now so Very nice. we're excited to to get that out definitely um totally different flavor um kind of trying our hand at the uh I don't even know if I can talk about that project yet so maybe <laughs> I'll stop on that front but yeah we're, we're finishing up a few different projects uh but but new music this year like a ton um that's gonna be great I'm excited to get that out big goal for this year is uh is getting Vinny off the ground man I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to kind of no more Vrilla no man I'm really excited to start showing the world like who this kid is because I've been getting to know him for years now you know and i grew up with his brother uh his older brother ryan and him and i work together and and are good friends in the industry and whatnot and and i give a i give a shit about this kid like a lot man i love that kid and uh i'm excited for the world to be able to kind of to see why you know like uh, it's it's a big goal this year is uh getting that kid off the ground and so we're excited to release a ton of music too so yeah yeah that's really exciting and and uh on top of that, I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of different artists I could go on and, and, and list that I'm, like, working with right now that are doing really interesting different different stuff. I'm working with this this girl, Jay Maya, um, based in L.A., and she's a um, phenomenal writer, just writes, like, she's insanely smart. Like, I, I, it's like I'm going to school every time I have a session with her. She's <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh I'm building this this project for Kate Ebersat right now, and she's this artist out in New York. And um, oh shit, that's dope. Yeah, just re- just some of the most like artistic shit that I've done in a minute. So I'm like, I'm just I'm 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 in this cool weird experimental place right now where I'm just like making making whatever music it is that you know that that comes my way, and and uh, on top of that, just just writing as much as I can, you know, writing writing a ton of demos. So I'm. I'm uh I'm excited to start branching out. Hopefully, land a few records. That'd be that'd be great. Knock on wood. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, yeah, on top of that, man, I think the thing I take most pride in though is like the artists that I'm that I'm developing and from the ground up. So I'm excited to get them off the ground. Hell yeah! Yeah. What is uh? What do you th- where do you see uh the Seattle music scene going in the next few years? Uh, I think COVID has kind of fucking changed a lot. Like it's show wise, like we're yeah. we're such an environment. It's like, uh, I feel like the Seattle scene thrives when it's like we're in person and listening to people and being able to kind of like hear the new music outside of just YouTube and yeah, whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm 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 really hoping this shit kind of starts to allow the music industry to to get back to to what it was doing here you know and, and we have the new crocodile now and there's, yes. all, there's just there's a lot of like cool new energy so I, it, it's weird i feel like we've been on this like kind of a pause but everybody's been working and doing their thing but i'm, I'm excited to like i want to go see all these people and like i'm so excited about other new artists in seattle like i've never been more excited to just like listen to new people and so I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm excited to kind of see what's out there. It's weird under the COVID thing. Like I haven't been able to go see who's opening for so and so. Yeah, you know, because that's where I, I, like where I have a lot of fun. It's like I want to go early. I want to see like who's the opener opener for this person. Yeah, you know, and that's how I kind of get to get to see who's who's doing shit around here, and stuff. And but a lot of that, like I said, it's it's it revolves around that live music thing, and that's just yeah. the fucking hard world right now. It's been pushed back like uh, two months. A lot of shows have been pushed back to March, yeah. but there's like nothing. There's no news about February, so I wonder if the government or something sees something happening towards February where they're gonna push it back after. Like they're just using it as a placeholder. I just or? have I have no clue, man. Yeah. I mean, like my manager. Um, uh, I don't yeah. even know you had a man. So producers have managers, huh? Produce. I have two. Yeah. Actually. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean. I mean. Well, it's. Hey, man. It's a cutthroat world out there, and I'm. I'm serious. Having anybody that that has your back yeah. on your team is just that's inevitably important. You know. It's just. I. Uh, yeah. I could do it all alone. I could. But would I want to? And no. And the opinions of those that I have in my corner are opinions that I value a ton. So. Um, yeah, that's why I have them on my team, but they're also my brothers, so not like my blood brothers, but yeah, yeah, I count them as that, so hell yeah. yeah. And yeah. what's it like been uh being married now? Man. How, how long has it been? A couple, it's been like yeah. a year now or no? No, August. We got married in oh, August. Shit. So it's like pretty pretty fresh, man. Pretty fresh. Yeah, no, it's honestly, it's like we've been together for almost eight years already, so it wasn't like uh, I didn't really expect a ton to change or anything after the whole marriage thing but honestly it did a, a lot did change but more of like internally more mm-hmm. of like just the way i process things and i think and and i think that it just kind of brought this extra feeling of responsibility on my plate of you know yeah we've been together for fucking seven eight years but it's like this is like she is i have to keep her safe you know yeah. like I, this it really just uh it put a lot of things into perspective and and um I don't know, man. Love is love. Love hurts, but love is always worth it. That's what that's what I'll say, man. It's fucking crazy shit. So very beautiful. Yeah, man. Well, man. Uh, what is some final advice you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? My uh, my piece of advice for up and coming artists and creators is to always save enough money to invite somebody to a cup of coffee. Mm. Um, because I think that's where I learned the most, uh, was reaching out to people and saying like, Hey, I, I just, I would love to pick your brain. I'd love to talk. I'd love to 
hear your story, you know, and I, I used to do that as a kid, you know, it got me in, in rooms with all kinds of people. And, uh, it just take, it, trust me, like seriously having the, the, the confidence to be able to say like, Hey, I want to take you out to a cup of coffee. If that's like cool with you says a lot to, to people who are like doing shit, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll typically always do that. If somebody reaches out to me, because I love hearing other people's stories as well. It's like, just because I'm doing shit doesn't make anybody else's story any less significant or relevant, you know? Yeah. And you never know who the fuck you're going to meet, and you never know what little piece of advice you're going to get that, uh, that you know, clicks something in your brain, so. And this is Seattle. I think everyone drinks coffee here, right? Yeah, man. I'm trying to cut down on my caffeine. I've been drinking some decaf and some half-calf recently. Oh, shit. I know. I, for- I forgot decaf even existed. Decaf does indeed exist. And half calf. Half calf does indeed <laughs> exist. You can also go, you can order a split shot. Uh-huh. That's like, you know, if you're getting a latte, you can have like one shot is wow. has caffeine, one doesn't, you know, balance it out a little bit. So. Interesting. I just started just, drinking coffee during the pandemic. Oh, so I'm, a, a, I'm a coffee. Ooh, that's my shit. I bought an espresso machine at the beginning of uh, oh. quarantine. And that was the best purchase <laughs> I uh, I think I made the whole time. So very nice. Yeah, man. Well, what's the easiest way for uh, up and coming artists and people to reach out to you? Yeah, you can uh, hit me on Instagram uh, at I am Jake Crocker, Crocker like Betty. Um, and uh, or hit me on my email, Jake at jakecrockermusic.com. Um, whatever's clever. I'm always down for a good conversation and always down to to listen to what, what people are cooking up. So hell yeah. Yeah. It's the NAS podcast with Jake Crocker. And we did it.